0: Everybody, this is Jamie Retzke coming to you live from Big Portage Lake in Atlanta, Lakes, Wisconsin, for our second exciting podcast on location in beautiful northern Wisconsin in the Northwoods, yeah, where the mosquitoes are as big as golf balls. And uh, speaking of golf, I'd have gotten in a couple rounds, did pretty good, and uh, I'm looking forward to a couple more rounds before we head back to Chicago for some extraordinary Extended viewing of the Cubs and the White Sox. So, this is podcast number 24. You know when you hear that music about the title in town of Chicago. We like to start out with something from Chicago. And number 24 in Chicago would be none other than Dexter Fowler. Yes, sir, the leadoff man of the Chicago Cubs. Who uh, was uh, greatly appreciated during the 2016 season. Where the Cubs went on to win the World Series. And... They haven't had a lead off man since. So, Dexter, we miss you. We wish you were here. There are a few other number 24s, but the most famous, I suppose, in Major League Baseball is probably the greatest hitter ever and uh, maybe the greatest player ever. In fact, I'm not going to go too far out on the limb. I would put Willie Mays at the top of the list of everybody to ever put on a Major League uniform. So, number 24. The Say Hey Kid, who was famous for everything that uh, is anti-statcast, that is, you hit the ball, I field the ball. You throw the ball, I catch the ball. You pitch the ball, I hit the ball. That was Willie breaking down baseball. Now, it takes 24 hours a day of MLB Network to come up with what they think are all the great new features of trying to attach statistics to everything under the sun. Willie, however, made it simple. And uh, it seemed like everybody made it simple back then before there were shifts for anybody besides Ted Williams, before there were pitch counts, before there were saves, before there were um, all these guys getting paid so much money. But be that as it may, number 24, Willie Mays, uh, what a great, great player. Nobody can doubt that. So who would your top, 10 all time major league players be not counting pitchers. So I thought about that a little bit. And uh, clearly, Willie Mays, Joe Jackson, Ty Cobb. Yeah, Joe Jackson. I know he's on the Black Sox. And we'll get to the Black Sox record at their all star break. Wait a minute. Back in 1919, was there an All Star game? No, trivia question, answer. There was no All Star game until 1933 at Comiskey Park. And the uh, group in that game is pretty fantastic. But from 1933 until the All Star game, which just ended Tuesday, and this is the All Star break weekend, and this is my podcast. For the all-star break, yeah, we're going to talk about who was the MVP, who was the AL MVP, the NL MVP, Cy Young Award winners, who blew their chances, da-da-da-da-da. We'll get into all that, because the all-star breaks the ceremonial halfway point of the season, even though everybody has played more than half of their games. And unfortunately for some teams, they're pretty much out of the race. Mathematically eliminated, not quite, but... You can pretty well kiss off a bunch of teams, and we'll talk about that as soon as we get through the top ten. So, to recap, the top three so far, not necessarily in the order except for Willie Mays on top, you have uh, Joe Jackson, you have Ty Cobb, you have Honus Wagner, Uh, mainly because of his baseball card, the dude is famous, you millions and millions of dollars for that baseball card. I could have gotten one for $50,000, but that would have been triple my salary back when it was available for $50,000. Uh, you've got Roberto Clemente, Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn, George Brett, and I'm sure that Ernie would be on the top 10 list, and I'm sure that I have left off. Anybody that played for the Yankees Because they probably have Six guys that would be on the top ten list And so our top ten list is going to get up to 16 or 20, but you've got Clearly the one. If Willie isn't the greatest player ever I would have to say That number four For the New York Yankees Yes Lou Gehrig Unbelievably great Babe Ruth, unbelievably great Yogi Berra, great Elston Howard not in that list, but he was the first roommate of Ernie Banks in the, uh, the Old Negro Leagues. Bit of trivia for you. Um, who else from that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you've got a lot of people that we can think about. Joe DiMaggio and uh, on and on and on and on and on. So maybe at the break I'll come up with a real list of top ten. But until we do, we're going to live with that list, and I'm sure that uh, we can get some other guys on there from the more current time, like Ken Griffey Jr., Uh, Then we get into the pitchers, and the Walter Johnsons of the world, and uh, Sandy Koufax, maybe I think the best pitcher pound for pound, kind of like the Gale Sears in football. Koufax didn't play for a long time, but clearly one of the great pitchers, Uh, Drysdale, a great pitcher, Uh, Whitey Ford, on and on and on and on and on. I'll put my my all-century team together, because I think that some of the guys now playing would fit into that, but... Anyway, so we're at the All-Star break, and at the All-Star break, we think about who would we give the uh, MVP or the Cy Young to if the season ended now. Well, I think let's take the best pitcher in the American League right now at this point. I wouldn't say it is anybody but Justin Verlander. I mean, the guy's got a rubber arm. He just keeps going and going and going. And uh, great trade for the uh, great move by the Astros to pick that guy up because he's still got probably five more years left. And he's probably in his late 30s. Uh, Charlie Morton. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what. There's a guy that the Astros shouldn't have uh, let get away, but he is with the Tampa Bay Rays. And, and uh, Morton's off to a great start, although nobody would probably notice because Tampa Bay is averaging around 10,000 fans a game. <laughs> I mean, the... Major League Baseball has a lot of problems, and we'll get into some of them. But, I mean, they're playing in front of nobody. So the proposal is, well, let's go play half our games up in a town that uh, was part of contraction when the brilliant idea was, hey, let's just get rid of two teams and uh, go from there. And that was none other than the Montreal Expo. So the, the current proposal is for the Rays to play the first half of their season in Montreal, and then come back to the balmy seas, balmy weather of Florida. Um, maybe it's the first part of the season with Tampa Bay that make more sense, and then go back up to Montreal when the snow melts. Dumb idea. Come on, baseball. You got to be better than that. I mean, it's it's right now. I would say it's vapor lock for Robert Manfred. I mean. Nothing's happening that's any good about any you know uh, ways to speed up the game. And uh, anyway, you got Verlander, you got Morton Uh, in terms of the MVP in the National League. It's clearly Bellinger, and in the American League, it's going to always be Mike Trout, no matter what. I don't care what he hits, what he does. He is the MVP, so there you have it. Now, let's look at some of the pitiful attendance teams uh, over the last two years because they're the same teams that are in my, let's look at the dog group of baseball teams. And those same teams are teams that are mathematically eliminated already from, I mean, they're out of it, at least in the NFL, but you don't have... 33% of the team's out of it by the uh, halfway point of the season. And not not to really be jumping on the NFL bandwagon, but they've got some uh, advantages over the major leagues. And one of the problems is there are some dogs that don't get less doggy as the years go on. For example, some of the teams that are mathematically eliminated and their owners should be barred from owning a team they should put these teams up for auction immediately. Immediately. And they're going to be financial groups that are brokered by some big dog um, financial companies, and they're going to buy these teams up for over a billion dollars. And they'll spend money and try to win the pennant. You know, whether um, that's Mark Cuban, anybody, get these guys out. They should be banned from baseball worse than Worse than the guys that gambled on baseball. And that list includes, number one, the Miami Marlins. Oh, my God. They're pathetic. I mean, they put the P in pathetic. They have nothing. They have some good young pitching. But they'll probably screw that up. They they should be thrown out of baseball. And new ownership should come in. Because they consistently draw 9,000 fans a game. In fact, banned baseball in Florida, and I think we can uh, move forward and get this game back to where it's exciting and competitive. Uh, Tampa Bay and, together, Tampa Bay and Miami uh, don't draw, in, in, if you take one game and you combine their attendance, uh, they aren't even half of one game at Dodger Stadium. Think of that. The Dodgers' average More people per game than combining the teams in Florida and their attendance. And in fact, you could even throw in Baltimore and you still wouldn't get to the uh, attendance of the Dodgers. So, those bottom 10, Miami, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, they should all be, their owners should be banned from baseball. They should be eliminated from the game. The teams put up for auction, they'd all draw over a billion dollars, they'd be required to spend $150 million a year in my world as a minimum payroll amount, they'd have to carry 28 players, and that would be my world. Uh, Fourth worst team in the history of the last two years, short history, Kansas City Royals. God almighty, my hometown team, team that had season tickets since 19... what an idiot I am But that's probably known to most of my listeners Anyway But the Royals the Glass ought to be gone Get a guy in there that wants to spend money To make the baseball competitive. What's wrong with Manfred and the group of owners that won't get these guys to spend the money to get their attendance up? It's it, It's just absolutely an embarrassment. And they wonder why attendance is dropping. It's dropping because these jerks aren't spending money down there. Um, and it's the same guys every year. Pittsburgh, Oakland, you name it. I mean, Cleveland's even in that bottom list. Toronto, Seattle. Uh, and it's, you know, Again, you look at the low attendance, it matches the teams that don't spend any money. Now, they don't spend any money, they don't have a chance for the playoffs, their fan base is going south, and they make more money and profit than any of the other teams. Why? Because the little disparity is made up by these TV contracts, and that keeps the competitive imbalance by giving these guys money They're hey, low payroll, give me my TV money, give me my share of the luxury tax, and all oh, all of a sudden i'm I'm making pretty much money. Get rid of those guys, go buy an oil well, go buy anything, get out of baseball, you're hurting baseball, and manfred's nobody's helping this sport at all. You can look at the the same teams over and over Cincinnati now. This year and this year alone, anybody in the Central Division of the National League has a chance to get in the playoffs. Plain and simple. And in fact, avoid a wild card game. I don't think a wildcard team is going to come from the Central Division, so you better win the division. But Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Milwaukee all have a really good shot at winning the division. The uh, Cardinals just by virtue of the fact that I can't stand the Cardinals, they have proven that mediocrity comes naturally to them. There's an all-Cardinal traded team that's still playing, and the number one starting pitcher on the all-traded team or the all-release team, or that we aren't going to sign him because he's done, is Lance Lynn, who leads the major leagues with wins. Lynn can win. Then on the all-Cardinal traded team for this year, you've got Tommy Pham, Piscotti, and others when I... Do a little research. I'm sure I could figure that out. So, you got the National League Central and you kind of put that all aside. And then you look at who still has a chance to get in to the uh, uh, playoffs at the end of the year. What supposedly we're all playing for. If you look at the National League and you look at the East, it's basically a three-team race. And one of the teams that I think has a chance to be in first place at the end of the year that isn't in first place at the All-Star break uh, is a team that I take great delight in ripping on their general manager, but the Washington Nationals are only six games back of Atlanta, and they are the hottest team in baseball right now. So we'll see what kind of a schedule they have and what they do when they come out of the blocks at the end of the All-Star break. Uh, You've got the Atlanta Braves Doing really well, and with that six-game cushion over D.C. and six-and-a-half with the Bryce Harper, Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, my God. There you go. Harper's sitting about 255. He's got a few homers, a few RBIs. It's a dog. Is that, is that a $330 million player? No. Those idiots in Philadelphia, they should, be, they should know better, and so should the Padres for paying Machado what they're paying him. But be that as it may, they didn't. So, anyway. The three divisions of the National League Braves are well in first place But I think the, so they'll choke And either the Nationals or the uh, Phillies will catch them And I'd much rather see the Braves Because my good friend Dennis is a big Braves fan And, and uh, so and the Braves just kill the Cubs I mean, if the Braves and the Cubs Were in a playoff game Put your money on the Braves Oh my god those th- That lineup just kills the Cubs Just kills the Cubs And who doesn't kill the Cubs? Uh, Then you got the Central We've talked about that a little bit And I'll come back to that in a minute Because it's kind of funny And this is the lighter side of baseball And I'm supposed to try to be funny But it's hard to be funny when you're a Cub and a Royal fan There's nothing funny about the Royals And the Cubs are kind of funny Because they're so bad But they do have a chance to win it Uh, They're all banking on Oh man, remember 2017 When we were five and a half games back At the All-Star break And we stormed in to go to the uh, win the division and then lose to the Dodgers in the ALCS and not get in the N L C S and not get to the World Series. Then you got that National League. It's over in the National League. You might as well you might as well box up the equipment and get ready. They don't go to Vero Beach anymore. I think they're out in Arizona. Box up the equipment for the Dodgers. They don't have anything to worry about. They are so far in first place. And the teams behind them, you know, if you take away Granke there's nobody really behind them. You got the D-backs, the Padres. It's just a route. They've gone away. And, and again, you'll remember in a few earlier podcasts, unlike the Kansas City Royals and unlike the uh, Cubs, the Dodgers, when they didn't go all the way, have done everything they can during the offseason to improve their team. And that means getting rid of people like Puig. Yes, getting rid of somebody that... Was supposed to be around for a long time because you gotta take risks and you gotta move your hand around when you're not winning at all. So the Dodgers have it pretty well wrapped up in the in the American League. It's the Yankees, the Red Sox are pretty hot right now, but I think it may be too late. Never rule the Red Sox out. Red Sox, Yankees, Rays. Who nobody ever sees play. So that league is interesting I think in the Central uh, the Twins ain't gonna make it I mean they're not gonna stay this high. you heard it here first the Twins will not win they have blown a big lead in their up to the all-star break and I think the uh, team that's gonna win will be the Cleveland Indians they're playing pretty good they're hot they're fun and they don't draw anybody so maybe with a little more winning they'll get some people out there remember when Cleveland had something like three or four hundred sellouts in a row Yeah, that's because my buddy Dave Nelson was coaching first base. Without Nelly coaching first base, that team's horrible. Yeah, don't even make the playoffs. But with Dave there, they go to the World Series two out of three years, all because of, well, in my opinion, all because of uh, that great first base coach, uh, Dave Nelson. Yeah, it didn't have anything to do with the manager. Didn't have anything to do with Albert Bell, Jim Tomey, uh, uh, Viscell. What a great team. Alomar. They had a really fun team, and uh, probably should have won it in 97, but the Marlins beat them to the punch. So, I digressed, as I always do, and that's the Central Division of the American League, and then in the West, it's over there, too. They might as well just play the Dodgers for the World Series right now. You heard it. Houston Astros versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers have home field advantage. That's the World Series. Everything else is just a joke. Um, There ain't anybody that's going to catch either one of those two teams. So the only races are the Central Division of the National League, which anybody can win, and the uh, Central Division of the American League, which I think the Indians are going to come back and win, the East in the National League, where the Braves are holding on over the Nationals and the Phillies, and I hope they continue to hold on. And... uh, There you have it, and you've got 12 teams, 12 teams that uh, are out of it, and all you got to do is look at their average attendance. There's 12 teams that are below 25,000 on average, 12 teams below 25,000 people a game in 2019, and in 2018, there were 11 teams under 25,000. These are the same teams with the pathetic payroll, the same team that don't have good management, the same teams that don't have a general manager that can get them to the promised land, the same team that you're in and you're out. Just drop the ball, literally, figuratively, you name it. Okay, so we got to pick this thing up. When we come back from the break, we're going to have something a little more exciting to talk about. I'm not sure what that will be, but I do think it will be interesting. And so this is Jamie Uretsky, Lighter Side of Sports. We're going to take a little bit of a break, probably go do some water skiing. I'm a trick skier. I slalom. my barefoot ski, ski backwards, forwards, start off backwards. I have a little... Um, plank platform out there that I jump over and do a couple somersaults and if you believe any of that that I just said call me and I'll get my season tickets to you so folks take a break stand up stretch I'm going to stand up and stretch I'm going to do a few uh, you know some people touch their toes I'm going to do a few knee touches and then we'll be back with uh, another segment on the lighter side of baseball and back we are, ladies and gentlemen, Lighter Side of Baseball. I uh, appreciate all the people that are listening and have been listening to what now is the 24th podcast. And my producer, director, and technical advisor asked me during the break because of a lot of you calling in. Not really. We don't have call-in capabilities. But if we did, I would talk to you, answer your questions, and I'm sure dazzle you with the knowledge I Have of uh, the sport But be that as it may I wanted to remind everybody that We now can be heard On Apple Podcasts And the cool thing about Apple Podcasts Is for no money Free, absolutely free And how many podcasts can say that? Probably most But this podcast definitely free You can subscribe To this podcast so You won't have to worry about Missing one when a new one is posted, you'll get a little notification about it. And what could be better than that? You get notice of another exciting episode. And so we've probably got another 20 weeks left of the baseball season, maybe if I do my math right or wrong or whatever, uh, until the playoffs, World Series, etc., And we'll keep doing at least one a week. And then we'll reevaluate. We'll take some feedback from our fan base and see exactly how it's coming across and what they think we should do differently. Uh, maybe do a podcast on uh, something other than baseball. I don't think so. Anyway, so that's it. We're still heard on SoundCloud. So, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. Go to search the lighter side of baseball or lighter side of baseball and you should be able to get that. Or give me a call. You should have the uh, station's phone number. Now, Here we go with the second part of the show on the Willie Mays number 24. And I forgot there was another number 24 that is now part of the stable of pitchers in which Theo Epstein is trying to put Tom Ricketts and the Ricketts family into bankruptcy. You started out with Darvish. You... Then pivoted over to Chatwood Dunsing came along And then you went with Another great, number 24 Craig Kimbrell And I do think Kimbrell is going to be alright I like Kimbrell I like Darvis, he's starting to come around a little bit And so we're going to talk a little bit about the Cubs This half, because I really didn't talk too much about the Cubs But before I do, I want to give some credit To some other guys that have had a great first first year One of which is Part of the X Cub phenomenon that sweeps Major League Baseball, although the X Cardinal club is coming into competition with the X Cub phenomenon, and that's none other than uh, Lemayhu with the Yankees. The guy is having a MVP season. DJ LeMahieu. Uh We've already talked about Bellinger. We've already talked about Yellich. Charlie Blackman, my God, you know, the guy looks like he just crawled out of a lumberjack contest. You know, some of those on TV where the guys stand on logs in water and run, 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 so they don't get thrown into the water by the centrifugal force of the uh, the log. Yeah, that's a big word, centrifugal force. Then they cut wood up and they do all sorts of stuff. Charlie looks like he just came from that competition, but the dude can flat out play baseball and the guy's great. He got Mike Trout. We talked about him. He got one of the absolute greats, who nobody will really see because he's in Colorado. Nolan Arenado. Great, great players. There are there are guys that I would go pay to see play baseball. There are teams that I'd go to play to pay to see play baseball. And so I was thinking about who who would you go make a special effort to see, I would go see the Astros, I would like to see Verlander pitch any day of the week, I'd like to see Cole pitch any day of the week, I'd go to see the Nationals, as much as I dislike Rizzo, the general manager, but I'd love to, I'd go see, I'd pay anything to go see Scherzer pitch, um, I would go see the Dodgers play, I would go see the Angels play, I would, you know, I kind of like the, uh, I'd pay to see the Pirates play, and I, I do, because they. They come to Wrigley Field nine times a year, and I see them do that. Um, I would pay to see the. Uh, oh, who else would you? Who else comes to your mind? Where you would actually go pay to see them play? I like Tampa Bay. I think they've got a great team. Apparently, nobody in the entire uh, northern part of Florida agrees with me because that stadium is so bad. Blow it up. Go. Place somewhere else. Uh, be the be the destined Dudas or the Pensacola pa- Padres. Well, you can't do that, but get out of Tampa Bay if you can't find a nice place to buy some property and, and build a new field. That, that's a disgrace. Jeter's a disgrace. Uh, the whole state of Florida, like I so said, it's just disgraceful. Good pitchers. Uh, Ray Yu with the Dodgers. Kershaw with the Dodgers. Bueller with the Dodgers. How are they not going to win the World Series? You know, the next time I'm going to look at the top three pitchers on every staff. And if you don't have three good pitchers, you might as well forget about the playoffs. And those three guys for the Dodgers are great. Uh, the Reds have a good uh, pitching staff, and Castillo's good. The, um, the other good pitchers, in, you know, in my opinion... Um, are Grenke and uh, Charlie Morton. I mean, those guys have really done a good job. And I'm sure there's there's some young guys. How about the All-Star game? Have you ever seen more young guys in the All-Star game? You go back to the 60s, there weren't very many rookies on the All-Star team. And if there were, they didn't play. Because the veterans, you probably won't remember this, but the veterans pretty much played the whole game. And then in the 8th and ninth inning, somebody else would pinch hit. In fact, back in my young... Viewing days, they had two All-Star games in the same year. Imagine that. Now it's like, oh, my God, I guess the player's like four days off, but what is this game going on? And then the Futures game, Claire, pitching is way ahead of the hitting, and most teams don't teach their kids how to interview because, oh, my God, those guys look like they just came fresh off of I don't know where, but they need to work on not only their hitting, but their public speaking And that leads me to the topic that I really wanted to talk about today, and it took me a long time to get there, but the topic is, you know how, if you're a fan of teams that are supposed to win, and I'll use the Cubs for an example because I always do, they're supposed to win, and and the way the the season's gone, if they played 500 ball on the road, they'd have a 10-game lead. In fact, there is nobody in their division over 500 on the road. Nobody. Zero. The entire Central Division of the National League is under 500 on the road. I mean, how about that? So, last year, at the, as the Cubs were just going south, blaming Chili Davis for their inability to hit, blaming Joe Madden for his inability to coach the Theo Epstein led cubs said you know there's no there's no panic in our clubhouse and they wrote that no panic right out of the playoffs and if you'll read anything at all now same guys Theo Joe we're not going to panic no time to panic Well, i got news for you here's the news flash here's the theme of the show it's time to panic If you think that you're going to play 700 baseball and get into the playoffs and do well in the playoffs with the team you got now, it's not going to happen. You are not going to get into the playoffs. You are not going to win in the playoffs. And so it's time to panic. And so when you sing that, hey, hey, Chicago, what do you know? What you ought to know is it's time to panic. And so what do you do? You got no farm system. They have nobody in the top hundred prospects as rated by most uh, of the agencies. The, you know, maybe somebody snuck into spot number eighty-eight, but you know, if you watch the futures game, you didn't watch any of the Cubs. So be that as it may, what do you do? Well, number one, you need a leadoff man. So where do you go for a leadoff man? I'm not sure, but I do know who is your bait. Bait number one. And even though they have ruined his trade value, you got to get rid of Schwarber. I mean, gotta love him. And I know on our last podcast, Big Mike loved Schwarber. He went to the Indiana University Hoosier Make Excuse Fan Club. Uh, but but you got to get rid of him. Send him to an American League team. And if you can get Merrifield for that, you know, great. Give uh, all your DH guys ought to go to the Royals. Solaire... Jorge, my pick for the MVP every year, I love Jorge Soler. He's got 21 or 22 dingers. The dude's just playing great. And uh, he'll be moved, but I think it's easier to move Schwarber back to the American League than it is to move Soler to another team. But maybe they get Merrifield for Schwarber. Um, you got to get a center fielder and you got to stick with them. You know, I'd get Dexter Fowler back. I mean, I know everybody's going oh, goes shooting 220. I would trade El uh, Elmaro for uh, Fowler, get him back. Everybody will be saying that's the dumbest thing they've ever heard. You've got these guys that they're not going to move Contreras. they're not going to move Rizzo, they're not going to move Bryant. They're not going to move bias no matter what. Now you got Bodie with a pretty good contract for five years to move. You got Russell, who I think they want to move because they never play. And you got Almara, Almara, you know the guy in center field, Almora. And then you got Schwarber. All those guys could move, and they got to move them. They got to do something different, even if they get back just what they gave up. They got to do something. This team is not winning the way it is, and so. Uh, Theo, it's time to panic. Now, who else ought to be panicking? Anybody in the National League West ought to be panicking because you're done. Anybody in the National League West knows that there's a long, big gap between the Dodgers and everybody else. So, does that mean Greinke's going to move? I think he's got a pretty big no-trade list of teams, but that'd be a guy that could move. Uh, and the Cubs need to go get a pitcher. The rumor is Will Smith, I don't know, he got hammered in the All-Star game. Does that really matter? Probably not. So what are you going to do with the state of baseball and with the state of this podcast? I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to stay upbeat about the Cubs. I'm trying to stay upbeat about the Padres. You know, I've got a buddy out in San Diego that is a, loyal listener and I keep saying I'm going to come up with some good stuff about the Padres you know after you get through touring their ballpark uh, they've got some good guys but boy what's wrong with Will Myers man Uh, another Royal that was a top draft choice Mike Montgomery another Royal that was a top draft choice Uh, they just they're just having horrible years Montgomery with the Cubs bullpen man I think there's one guy that I could hit um so what do you do with, with baseball? What do you do with this podcast to make it more interesting in terms of things to talk about? Because right now we're sort of in the what's going to happen when we get back and the Cubs are so optimistic that things are going to turn around. But i tell you what, if you're on the grumpy side of baseball, look at from June 10th until the All-Star break what your Chicago Cubs did and if that doesn't tell you that it's time to panic, then you guys are out to lunch. And, again, what does panic mean? Does panic mean we're not going to win, or does panic mean we're going to lose money? I think to most owners, panic means they're going to lose money. But look at the Cubs since June 10th. You know, I don't know what they're pointing to. And, a lot of, and half of these games were at home, so the friendly confines... Aren't so friendly, and nothing would be greater than if Brian Rizzo started contributing with runners in scoring position. The last game before the All Star break, they were they 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position against the White Sox? They split with the White Sox on the road, sort of on the road. So here's a breakdown of what happened from June 10th to the All Star break. They lost two out of three to the Rockies. They lost three out of four to the Dodgers. They split with the White Sox. And that Dodger series was at home. They split with the White Sox at home. They split with the Mets at home. And only because of some pathetic managing on the Mets side, uh, they had to panic. They had to get rid of everybody in their management team and start over again. Uh, they lost two out of three to the Braves. They lost two out of three to the Reds. Yes, the Reds in their home division, and three out of four to the Pirates, and then split at uh, Comiskey Park, the cell, guaranteed rate field. So, they're pointing to a fast start because they have a bunch of home games when the uh, season gets back on track on Friday. And for those of you who forgot what happened at PNC Park and the Cubs... Serious? When the Cubs lost three out of four to the Pirates, you can't lose three out of four to them. You just can't lose five out of what they lose to the Reds and the Pirates. They lost five out of seven games on the road to those two teams. You know, if you think they're going to win, so get rid of Almora, get rid of Schwarber, get rid of Russell, get rid of Bodie, and get rid of Caratini. And uh, go get some some arms, a leadoff man, get Fowler back, or get Marte from Pittsburgh. Get somebody with some speed. Come on, make it interesting. And so you've got what I think is shaping up to be a beanball war on Friday. Uh, Madden tried to be diplomatic, talking about what a great team Pittsburgh is and that they just like to pitch up and in. But you'll recall it took Joe West to keep Madden from going into the Pittsburgh dugout and playing Lou Pinella over there and and uh, going after Hurdle, um, so there's going to be some retaliation. There's going to be some payback. They're going to be. I would I would say the over under uh, if you pick one for ejections on Friday afternoon, Pittsburgh Chicago, airing on MLB Network at one twenty. I'm thinking two ejections. Minimum for hitting guys, throwing at guys, because they threw at Bryant. So I guarantee Josh Bell's going to get a ball that is somewhere between his waist and his shoulders. That's my prediction. I like to predict stuff. As I said, it's time for our All Star Break prediction who's going to win the divisions and who's going to go on to win? the World Series. Well, I sort of started that at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to recap. Again, I think the Atlanta Braves win the National League West, or National League East. I think they used to be in the West. How dumb was that? Braves in Atlanta, in the West. Now they're in the East. They win. The Nats fall a game short. The uh, Philadelphia Phillies self-destruct. Ariadne goes on the DL again, and Harper's out of control. And I think the Phillies are six games back by the end of the year. In the National League Central, I predict that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to win the Central and that the Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds will be the top three, followed by the Cardinals and the Cubs. Yes, it's a depressing prediction, especially for your host, but what can I say? Then, in the National League West, you've already heard it's the Dodgers. Who will be the wildcard teams? Hmm... It's not going to come out of the Central. It's probably going to be the Nationals and either the Diamondbacks or the Padres. There you have it. I'm going with the Padres. Make my buddy happy. The Padres and the Nationals in a wild card game. My money's on Scherzer. And uh, they go on. They play the Braves. They lose to the Braves. Uh, The Dodgers beat the... Pirates and the Dodgers then beat the Braves. What a great NLCS series that would be. I'd pay money to see them. I'd probably try to go to one of those games. The Braves versus the Dodgers. That would be classic. That would be great. So, the Dodgers win that and head on to the World Series at Dodger Stadium. In the American League, I think the Rays, I'm going to go with the Rays winning a wild card the Yankees win the division. In the Central, I have the Indians winning, coming from behind to beat out the Minnesota Twins by two games, as the Twins falter, flop around, and don't win. In the West, it's the Astros. Um, nobody's close. The A's will get a wild card, and in the wild card game, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to beat the A's to advance. Then in the, world, in the playoffs, the Rays are going to beat the Yankees in an incredible upset. I can't wait. It's going to be thrilling. And the Astros are going to beat up on the Indians. And the Astros will then play the Rays. And the Astros will go back to the World Series and lose to the Dodgers, who will finally win the World Series. There you have it. Why play? You've heard it. Go to Las Vegas, put your money down. I think these are sound picks. I think you can go back to podcast number 24 at the end of the year, and I tell you what, I feel pretty confident that my predictions are going to be there at the conclusion, very accurate, within 95% accuracy. So there you've had it. So, let me recap what I should have probably talked about at the beginning. Apple Podcast, the lighter side of baseball. SoundCloud, on the lighter side of baseball. My Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am up to speed on the social media world. I'd like to get my readership, my listenership. If anybody wants to read this, I can come up with a transcript, but I don't have one. So there's no readership, there's no sponsors, there's no call-ins. This is the Jamie Uretsky Lighter Side of Baseball broadcast where we try to get a few guests. So far we've had two. I'm going to go back with Craig Ashan and, and I've got a few other little tricks up my sleeve. But, coming up, later in the uh, season, in the early part of August, I plan to go to a Northwoods Wooden Bat Baseball League, and those guys look pretty good. I've seen some highlights of the Wisconsin Woodchucks, maybe the Wausau Woodchucks. The Woodchucks play in Wausau, and I could get into a tongue twister and try to say, Woodchuck, 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 or how much wood can a Woodchuck chuck? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you that Somewhere after August 5th, when I go to the Woodchuck game, we're going to come back and talk about the food at the Woodchuck game. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about. There's a, What kind of memorabilia can you get at a Northwoods League? What is my scorecard going to look like at a Northwoods League? What is the lineup going to look like, and how many guys are going to get in, and how quick can they play? Will it be another three-hour boring game? Or, like the Atlantic League, are they going to start doing some changes like... One I heard was move the mound back two feet, so instead of 60 feet six inches, it's gonna be 62 feet six inches. How stupid is that? Eliminate the shift, get the umpires to call balls and strikes in the right way and lower the mound, and that's all you gotta do. And get these teams to pay money. These guys have money. I love Jerry Reinsdorf, He's he's got more money. And he's trying to spend it, he finished second to Machado. But the Orioles, the Miami Marlins, all these guys spend money. That's it. What do you do to get the league competitive, require these owners to spend money, and the union will be happy. They should elect me as president and move to a minimum salary level within 20% of the average. That's all you got to do. Eliminate the shift, pay more money, get the umpires in better shape, and lower the mound. Those are all good things. And if anybody has any more suggestions, you can send them to me. Please do. On Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And if I knew what all the handles were and how to get a hold of me on that, I'd tell you. But if you go to Facebook, search James Yuretsky or Jamie Yuretsky, you're going to find it. You're going to find the link to this broadcast. You also can send me a message like, dude, talk about uh, the 1919 White Sox more. Or the 1959 White Sox celebrating their 60-year anniversary of winning the pennant. Any and all of those things. So there you have it. I'm out of breath. I'm going to go out to the lake, enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day here and uh, the next podcast will be coming to you probably from either our studio in Chicago or Overland Park, Kansas. So until our next podcast, until the baseball season starts back up, I'm interested to see what the Cubs do opening against the uh, Pirates. That's going to be a pretty good series to watch. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday. Hope you guys tune in. You've been great. The, re- the listening audience is going up and I appreciate that. So, for the lighter side of baseball, Jamie Ritsky saying so long. If you're going to play golf, rip it down the middle. If you're going to do anything else, enjoy the weather and we'll see you on the next podcast thanks for listening